This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Meow Mix, a Carolina Panthers podcast. My name is Steven. My name is Jerry. And on today's show, breaking news, well, a few hours ago, the Panthers have a new head coach. Yeah. Matt Rule, the former head coach of the Baylor Bears, is now the Panthers' head coach going into 2020. I am cautiously excited Jerry, I think you might be even more excited than I am. I am. I had him as my second top choice behind the enemy, but he he succeeded wherever he's gone. He's a younger guy. It, I really do like this pick for us. Yeah, I, he was a little lower on my list, but the more I've kind of researched him as the day has gone on, um, I'm pretty stoked. Actually, I think... Uh, the only hesitation I have is just the fact that he's a college coach with no NFL head coaching experience coming in. There's going to be a learning curve for him. Um, but, I mean, outside of that, it sounds like he is extremely well thought of in the football community. Yeah. It, and a big thing with us so far, we've always been talking with Cam, obviously. You know, what's the coach going to do coming in and everything? And now that we have the head coach, I'm still saying that because quite simply, he tools his offense to the player or players that he has. At Temple, he was a smash mouth guy. Then he went to Baylor and he turned into this RPO pass happy guy. And the reason he said that that happened was because he was recruiting in Texas and Texas players like in college, that's all they play. He goes, I can't teach them smash mouth football while they're in college, you know, I have to go to what my players already know. And I think that might be the main reason why David Tepper is so excited about hiring this guy is the adaptability that he has. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our former head coach, Ron Rivera, very much a stuck in his ways. He's going to do things the way he's going to do things. He's not going to play rookies, you know, unless he has to, he's going to run the ball you know, exhaustively, regardless of, you know, uh, what's working matchup or more what's working, anything like that. You know, he's, um, gonna <laughs> make questionable medical decisions. You know, this is a clock management. This is a thing that we've gone with Ron since we year one to year eight. It's the same stuff every year. Right. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that Tepper really wanted was a guy that if something's not working, he's going to try something else. Yeah. And it seems like, based on what you just said, you know, the way he played in Temple versus the way he played in Baylor, because his personnel was different, he adapted very well because he won in Temple and he won in Baylor. And by the way, those two schools had almost no success, you know, in the immediate uh, pass before he got there. So he turned those programs around relatively quickly, and yeah. I think that's another thing that Tepper likes. Yeah, people think Baylor had a lot going for them when he took over. They didn't. 
remember they had a big sexual assault scandal yeah. and all the players basically left. They yeah. transferred portaled out of there. So he started this up and he's been winning with not the five-star recruits that Oklahoma gets and all that. He was winning with like two, three-star recruits and a few four-star recruits. So he's yeah. been coaching them up and that's what I really liked about him. Right. He, he, adjusted his style to the talent that he had around him but you know in Baylor especially he he went for those fast skilled guys right mm-hmm. maybe not the five-star recruits like you're saying but the three-star the four-star if he could get them and he tailored his offense around those guys we've got some fast guys on our team we yeah. have a, a very fast offense that he could come right in and run a maybe a similar system. I think I think he's going to want to get a bigger guy, a bigger wide receiver, just based on some of the things that I've read about him. He likes big wide receivers. So I think if he could add one of those to the team, um, he could run a very similar style offense, at least these first couple of years that he did in Baylor, maybe break himself in a little bit in terms of getting used to the game. Yeah, I could easily see us running a similar offense. And – Especially because right now, Joe Burrow's going to go number one. The quarterback draft this year is not very deep, in my opinion. I could see us riding with Cam Newton next year and seeing, having Matt Rule kind of see if he likes him. I mean, this is a seven-year deal. This is not a... Right. We didn't mention that. Seven years for Matt Rule, so he's going to have time. Yeah. $60 million guaranteed and can get up to $70 million is being reported with yeah, I think incentives. I saw 62 or 63 guaranteed and could make well over that in incentives, right? So this is not a one-and-done year. So I could easily see him riding with Cam next year and then deciding next year, okay, I've got a year under him. I see what I've got. Now do I go buy all in on him or now I'm going to go find my guy? Yeah, I think that would be a smart way to go about it. Um, but we honestly, we have no idea. Mm-mm. How what he's gonna do, what Tepper wants to do. This is this is David Tepper bucking the trend. Right? Oh, most definitely. Certainly bucking the trend for Panthers fans because there's no way Jerry Richardson would have made this type of hire, you know, three years ago. No way. And there's really no way I mean the fact that this is a long deal with a lot of money for a guy that does not have any NFL head coaching experience, that bucks the NFL trend. So he's, you know, David Tepper may be sort of setting a new normal for owners in terms of what they're paying coaches. Exactly, yes. He came and broke the bank for him. Not only that, though, the Giants had him basically pegged as their guy. Yeah. From all reports that they were already basically offering him the job. But they wanted him to fly into New York and interview. Mm -hmm. And I guess David Tepper got wind of this or something. And he flew out to Texas, Matt Rule's home, interviewed him there, offered him tons of money on the spot right there to get him go ahead and not to fly to the Giants. That's that's something Richardson definitely wouldn't have done. It's very... (laughs) If that Matt Rule was his guy, which I'm assuming he is by paying him this much, that's... That's big cojones and just, that's my guy. I'm getting him. I don't care what anybody else tries to do. And this is the luxury of having, you know, the uh, richest owner in the NFL. 
is he can f- fly out on a whim to go meet a prospective head coach and pay more than anyone else could pay to get him. And yeah. that's what happened here. Uh, yeah. Reportedly, Matt Rule called the Giants last night and basically told them what the offer was and if the Giants promised that they would at least match it, he was going to fly out there and interview with them. They turned him down, and that's that's the story. You know, <laughs> he's now the Panthers' head coach. So uh, I've seen a lot of Giants fans that are pretty upset the fact that they were not going to, you know, go the extra mile to try to get this guy. So uh, apparently, you know, let's kind of talk about it a little bit. He's very well respected in NFL circles. I've heard multiple, uh, I've listened to some radio shows today, um, read a lot of articles today about him, and nobody's had a bad thing to say about him. Not that I've seen. I haven't either. Uh, He's a former walk-on from Penn State. Uh, Had to fight as a linebacker at Penn State to stay basically on the team. And then he goes, he's been churning, working, He's just one of those hard-working guys that you got to root for. And now he's reached the pinnacle of the NFL, and he wants to win here. So it'll be interesting how it pans out. Yeah, well, it seems like we're we're pretty lucky to get him, it sounds like, because I don't know that we were going to be his number one choice, but it sounds like Tepper and Marty Herney, by the way, was involved in these conversations. Marty Herney was out there, uh, from what I understand, with David Tepper. Uh, or at least involved in the conversation somehow, because Matt Rule referenced Marty Herney uh, in his uh, radio interview, basically saying why he was coming to Carolina, and said that Herney and Tepper both were very aligned with him in terms of his vision mm-hmm. for how to lead this team. Um, uh, something interesting that I saw David Tepper said in this, he might have said this uh, a couple of months ago, but he said that this is the rebuilding of this team in his image is essentially going to be, you know, could be a five-year plan, mm-hmm. right? He, he does not expect, uh, well, I guess he doesn't fully expect the Panthers maybe to be Super Bowl competitors next year. Great if they are, but he wants this to be a long-term deal where, you know, if you're waiting five years to be successful, but then you're successful for 20 years down the road, is that okay for fans? He says he hopes it is because that's his plan, right? And, is to build a long-term success. And yeah, everybody wants that long-term success. The New England Patriots, long-term success. That's what we want. I mean, unfortunately under Ron Rivera, it was success, not success, success, not success, not success, success, great yeah. success, not success. It, yeah. And that's, it breaks your heart. Like this year, I thought we had a chance at a good playoff team, and I mean, look at it—we're picking seventh. Right, and you know, Tepper comes from the Steelers organization where they have built, you know, a long-term successful franchise. They're in the mix every year. Mm-hmm. I mean, even this year when Roethlisberger went out, they were a game away from making the playoffs, and they had with, no quarterback with nothing. <laughs> you know, with literally nothing except for. You know, just a strong organization. Yeah. Right? They're never going to be a team that's 2-12. and 12, No. And know? and that's great. And that's what I would love to have. I would love to be Pittsburgh where your franchise quarterback goes down, your running back goes down, and you're still fighting for a wild card spot in the last week. 
and you're right. you're playing a undrafted rookie free agent at quarterback named Ducky. <laughs> Ducky Hodges. Uh, another uh. thing I really like about the signing is, I guess David Tepper agreed to create a sports science program for the Panthers for him to come here. And I know that's a big thing Tepper already want to do is get into more analytics, more cutting edge sciences to really get on the edge of technology and where the sports football is going. Uh, very interesting. I mean, it sounds like these guys were made for each other. You know, Tepper mentioned that he wanted an old school football guy with, you know, a new school mentality wanted a guy into analytics. I mean, sports science is as new school as it gets, mm-hmm. right? Um, but and it sounds like in terms of uh, being a leader and commanding a locker room that Matt Rule is very old school when it comes to that. So I'm excited. I mean, I, I think uh, I don't know that we're going to have success right away. If you look at Matt Rule's previous two spots, you know, his first year at Temple, he went 2-10. and 10. His first year at Baylor, he went one and eleven, right? And then the next years, he was right around five hundred. And then those third years was really where he took off. You know, ten and three at Temple uh, in a bowl, ten and three the next year at Temple in a bowl, and then at Baylor eleven and three at the Sugar Bowl. Well, with college, you have to think the first year most of those guys aren't his guys. He didn't bring them in. He didn't right. I want to say draft, but I know that recruit them. It was the previous head coach. They may not have fit. Usually coach, college coaches take about three years before their guys start hitting that junior slot and actually are playing for him. That's true. Yep. And I don't understand college coaches who get fired in the first two, three years anyways because <laughs> they really do need to get to their guys as seniors yep. and juniors to play for them. Yeah, what you look for in a college coach is they have early success and then they tail off. Yeah. That's the problem with a college coach. (laughs) (laughs) That means the other guy recruited well but couldn't coach. This guy can coach but can't recruit. I mean, the good thing is is that the Panthers in 2020 are a very talented team. Mm -hmm. We have very good, you know, skill position players. If Cam is back, then we have, you know, a former MVP quarterback. We have strong leaders on defense. We got KK coming back who's an all-pro I mean, we've got some pieces, so I I don't know that I expect us to be two and fourteen next year. I hope you not. Know, but but I don't know. Again, if uh, you know, with a very young, no NFL head coaching experience guy coming in, if we can expect to go to the Super Bowl, and maybe we can. I mean, I don't know. I just don't know what to expect, and it's kind of exciting. Yeah, you're absolutely right. We have no idea what this defense is going to look at look like. Offense is going to look like we don't know anything. It's very exciting as a Panther fan. Just a new spring of everything coming at us. Yeah. So I guess maybe we'd start looking at what what does Matt need to do next? So I think the first thing, obviously, he needs to do is assemble his staff, right? Mm-hmm. And there has been some reports that he has an eye on who he wants. Um, one of the guys is... Um, you have the names in front of you, don't you? Yeah. Uh, offensive coordinator, they say Sean Ryan, currently the quarterback's coach of Detroit Lions. Uh, yep. Uh, looks like he's been in the NFL for a while. Uh, 
I'm trying to kind of go through here. Um, yeah, he has, and he was actually with uh, Matt Rule during. Matt Rule was with the New York Giants for one year back mm-hmm. in was it 2012, 20, yeah, 2012, I think. Uh, and and um, Ryan was with Matt Rule at that point, so they they do have a working relationship. Yeah, he was the quarterbacks coach with the Giants back in 2012, mm-hmm. working with Eli, and then he switched over to wide receivers with the Giants. Went to Texans for a couple years, and now he bounced to Detroit. He hasn't been an offensive coordinator. It looks like he's been mostly a quarterback and wide receivers. But some of the quarterbacks he's worked with are younger, like Deshaun Watson when he was a rookie, mm-hmm. uh, Eli Manning, not when he was a rookie, but still young. So maybe that's Matt Rule's idea is bringing in a younger guy who works with coach or uh, quarterbacks and everything could be now for defense he's planning on bringing in his defensive coordinator from baylor now he also has some nfl experience i'm trying to go through here uh detroit lions uh linebacker coach from 2006 to 2008 that's pretty much it yeah another guy that's just you know, college guy, we'll see how it works out. The Baylor Bears defense was actually a pretty solid for playing in the Big 12. Most Big 12s don't play defense, but their team was. So, now yeah, and that's uh, that's Phil Snow is that guy's name. Did I not uh, say Phil Snow? No. Nah. Ah, sorry. That's his name. That's his name. You said the guy from Baylor. <laughs> so, And that is true, though. He is the guy from Baylor. But it sounds like if you have worked or are currently working for the Detroit Lions, you are in consideration for coordinator spots yeah. <laughs> in An- Charlotte. Another thing I want to mention about Phil Snow and Matt Rule, because you and I have discussed that we feel like we need to go back to the 4-3 to really get mm-hmm. Luke Keekley better, playing his best self, as well as some of the other players that we have here. Now, they played a lot of three-down linemen, and the reason they said that they played a lot of three-down linemen was to stop the big plays that happened so much in the Big 12. Yeah. So I don't know if that's just the scheme they played there or if they plan on incorporating a 3-4 or something like that similar here in Charlotte. Well, I imagine that, like we, we talked about before, they're going to look at the personnel here and fit a defense around what they've got. Mm-hmm. And I hope that's the way they do it because that's the smart way to do it. You don't try to fit your players around a scheme. You try to create a scheme that fits your players. That's that's who has success in the NFL are coaches that do that. Yeah. So I'm hoping that Matt Rule, and it sounds like he is that type of guy, which is another reason why I'm very excited. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the staff is, is obviously important. Uh, the Cam decision, we've touched on it. I mean, that's going to be a huge – I mean, that's going to kind of define the, certainly the Panthers of 2020, but could define the Panthers for the next five years. Yeah. What they decide on Cam. Because if you decide to trade him away and draft a guy, then that new guy's the decision, but at the same time, trading away Cam is. Yeah. Um, He's going to have to create a new culture with the Panthers or at least try to maintain the culture that was there with Ron. Mm-hmm. 
uh, in terms of strong leadership in the locker room, you know, a very close knit team, you know, these guys are guys that go out together, after, you know, when they're not playing. So I think maintaining the fact that Carolina has always been looked at as a place that free agents want to come because of the nature of the team, the, you know, the mm-hmm. teamsmanship really like they're, everybody's really cool with each other and it's a good place to be. Right? And there's no drama. And this is also part of what is going to be questioning with Matt rule is he's only been in college in college. They're 18 to 21, 22 year olds. Mm-hmm. And in NFL, we're talking about guys that are 22 to 31, 32. I know I was a lot different when I was 18 and 19 year old than 25, 26. A lot of maturity. Well, plus these guys are all rich. They're they're you're absolutely <laughs> right. Right. They're all well off. Not all are rich, but very uh, they're well all, off. They're all rich. <laughs> and have Compared families. To us, they're all rich. <laughs> yeah, that's true too. <laughs> but they all some have families. You know, other life important things. Greg Olson. Look at Greg Olson when he had his son heart condition. I mean, that's, that's something he doesn't have to experience typically as a college coach. How will he handle that? How will he handle these grown men and treat them like grown men instead of little children, but at the same time, keep them in line and, you know, Hey, we need to go bust through this wall. Let's do it. That was one of the great things about Ron Rivera. He could do that. Exactly. And, you know, and and that sort of dovetails into how is he going to handle free agency? How is he mm-hmm. going to handle the draft? You know, he's not been a, a an NFL head coach, so these are different. You know, putting together a team in the NFL is a lot different than putting together a team in college. So, you know, these are really the things that he's going to have to focus on in the immediate future. Um, you know, certainly the draft and free agency are coming up quick. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, these first couple of years, how he does in terms of personnel and uh, scheme, but particularly putting together his team. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you, you said, how is he going to handle the difference and everything about free agency and stuff? Prime example, Dave Gettleman was our GM, the handling of Josh Norman. Right. Because that was one of his first times he's ever had to deal with a player holding out and stuff. And him doing what he did is tagging him and then deciding not to tag him because he was still trying to hold out for more money. That's the NFL. It's it's a business. That's what it happens. Yeah, and I, Matt Rule, I mean, Marty Herney is, is still here and is apparently going to be very much involved. Um, it's still... I haven't seen any anything officially reported about Matt Rule in terms of his. Uh, I don't think he's going to be, you know, a GM as well. I think uh, Herney is going to remain the GM, but I would imagine Matt Rule is going to have a lot of input into, um, you know, the draft and free agency and everything like we talked about. So how he how's he going to handle all of that? You yeah, know, a, a young guy who's never done this much before. It's you know, it's always a little. Hit or miss. Yeah. And hopefully he's got the testicular fortitude to forge on and, you know. And he also wears a bib. I mean, we have to talk about this bib. <laughs> it's not a bib. 
It's it's a sleeveless windbreaker. It's a smock. He wears a smock. He wears a sleeveless windbreaker over a short sleeve hoodie. He drools all over it. In he Texas. He drools all over it. <laughs> There's crumbs on it. He's like a big baby. I'm just kidding. Um, will the smock fashion... come with him? That's, he, that's the real question. <laughs> he gets his fashion sense from Bill Belichick. Well, you know, if he could inherit things from Bill Belichick, then we'd probably be okay with that. Yeah. Uh, it, it was a licensed nice Nike bib or vest, <laughs> sorry, or sleeveless windbreaker. So well, probably. I, I'm sure they gave that to him. He's being paid for wearing that. Um, well, that's a, that's the thing is they have to wear yeah. Nike apparel. Right, yeah, yeah. That's Belichick's whole sleeve, short sleeve hoodie thing is he found the ugliest thing he could find on their website and cut it up <laughs> so he would wear it because they didn't want him to wear anything else. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I mean, that's uh, you know, that's 25 minutes worth of Matt Rule talk. Do you have anything else that you want to mention before we take a break and talk about the playoffs? Panther rules. <laughs> There's going to be a lot of rule Jokes. Uh, puns over the next several years <laughs> oh man no, all right there was a couple people that complained about the length and amount of money that he gave my thought is this it's david tepper's money not mine i don't care and i have a feeling if if he poops the bed in three years he could be gone i don't think david tepper cares he cares about money about that 60 million but i could also see him not caring about sixty billion if it's not going well. Well, at the time, I mean, three years from now, you know, it'll be more like what thirty-five million or something, mm-hmm. thirty million that's left. And you know, coaches get fired all the time with years left on their contract. You know, John Gruden hired or uh, signed a ten-year deal with Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So they're gonna, you know, if he's not working out in two or three years, they could be paying him for like five more years and him not be on the team. So you know. And that's kind of what we mentioned earlier was this may set a new standard for, yeah, you know, coaches coming in or coaches being hired in terms of the ceiling that they can get paid in the amount of years. Yeah, and so. you got to look at college too. If he went to college right now, if he went to a big program, he'd probably be getting about what he's making now or a little bit less at a big yeah. program like Florida, Florida State, you know, Michigan. And I'm right. assuming they probably would have been knocking in the next couple of years anyways. One of them. Yeah. Yeah, more than likely. Um, All right. Okay. Cool. Well, let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. We'll do a very, very quick recap of the uh, wild card playoff matchups and dig in a little bit on the divisional round. And uh, we'll be right back. <laughs> then we'll do it That's good. Back. Okay, cool. So um, who says what? So I'm We're saying podcast. you say that. So I'm saying five. Beth, four, three, two, one. one. Hey there, I'm Dave. I'm Beth, and I'm Veronica. And we are the Happy Hour. We're a podcast dedicated to the most decorated NHL franchise of all time, the Montreal Canadiens. A casual listen by Habs fans for Habs fans. We have new episodes every week, so have a listen. Bye. Bye. And we are back. Let's talk about the opening round of the NFL playoffs. 
Uh, we'll kind of br- briefly recap the games here, starting with Bills Texans. This was actually a very good game that went into overtime. Texans win this one 22-19 on a last-second uh, field goal. I don't know if there's too much to say about this game, but well, it was the, entertaining. The Bills kind of dominated this game for two and a half quarters, and then just, I think they were up 16 nothing. 16 nothing, yeah. Going into like the second part of the third, third quarter, and then the Texans came roaring back. I mean, the Panthers North, I, I was kind of sad for them. They just couldn't get in the end zone, and that's what doomed them. Yeah, it was very Panthers-like building up a lead and then losing it. Mm-hmm. So, um, now we'll move on next to the uh, Titans-Patriots. And this was a surprising result, at least. The Titans win this one 20-13. Down go the Patriots. Now, it wasn't surprising for me as our beer bet of the week, <laughs> was it? Beer bet of the week. <laughs> you, you take that one. Um, I think that was the only game we disagreed on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you, you got that one. So, yeah, I mean... Is this the end of Tom Brady? I think that's the question everyone's asking. Uh, he says no. I was going to say, his interview definitely said no, but... Is this the end of Tom Brady in New England? Maybe that's the real question. Well, we forgot to bring up the new head coaching is in New York, but oh, yeah, McDaniels right. is not going to be probably going anywhere unless he goes to the Browns. Could go to the Browns. Um yeah, I guess we can mention that real quick. Well, let's get through these. Let's do these games. Oh, yeah. um, next game on the docket, the Sunday game, first Sunday game, Vikings-Saints. <laughs> Saints go down 26-20. to 20. In overtime. Drew, Drew Brees out of the playoffs. And the Saints uh, fans are crying because they thought it was offensive pass interference. Oh, whatever. Of course, they're always crying course, about they, something. They want every game reviewed and possibly cherry picked for anything that goes wrong against them. Classic Saints. Yeah. Uh, finally, the Seahawks Eagles. The Seahawks pretty much dominated this game, even though it was low scoring, seventeen to nine. Uh, but it did cap off a weekend of all one score games. Mm-hmm. Carson, so all very good games. Carson Wentz went out early yeah, with early. a concussion and. Once that happened, Josh McCown, who started here at one time, I mean, he's mm-hmm. he's a journeyman, 41 years old. He's not Tom Brady's 41 or Drew Brees' 41. I think he started for eight teams yeah. in the NFL. That's wild. That's I, almost a third of the teams. He, he just doesn't have enough in to play a playoff game and win like that. Yeah. It was sad. Yeah. I mean, he still hung around, but, that, yeah, once, once that happened, it was pretty much over. Um, so... The matchups this week, we'll, we'll kind of kick it off. Uh, why don't you kick it off with Vikings 49ers? Vikings 49ers, six seed versus the uh, number one seed. Uh, no, no crazy prediction here. 49ers win this. I think the 49ers are a really good team, and I think the Vikings are good. I just I don't see them beating the 49ers, though. Yeah, I think a lot of people are... Uh, forgetting how good the 49ers were this year just because they've had the week off. But uh, they are seven-point favorites, 49ers are. And I, too, will pick the 49ers. I think it's not even going to be a close game. I I see the 49ers winning by 10, 15 points. Uh, Moving on to the evening game on Saturday night, Titans-Ravens, another game that I feel like is not going to be very close. See, I think this game has potential to be very close. But... I don't see the 
Titans pulling it off. I think that they'll try to run the ball and run the ball well and keep down the clock, but the Ravens are just more powerful all around and will take it. The Ravens are 14-2. and two. They're such a good team. This is another team that I feel like just because they were out a week, people forget how dominant they are. Uh, they're favored by 10 points in this game. I think they're going to win by 20. I think they're just going to dominate the Titans. The Titans, nice story, you know, particularly the second half of the season and taking down the Patriots. The Patriots weren't a very good team, and I, I just think this one's not even – it's going to be a runaway. Well, what's the spread on this game? 10 points. 10 points. Baltimore by 10. Oof. Hey, yeah. you want to do beer bet of the week on the spread? Yeah. Okay. Make it twenty points. I'm just kidding. I'll take the <laughs> I'll take Baltimore and the ten points. I'll, I'll take the Titans with the ten points. All right. Uh, moving into the Sunday games, Texans Chiefs another ten point spread. Kansas City by ten in this game. Um, I I actually think this game might be a little closer, but I'm going Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to win this one. I am too. Chiefs. Yep. Uh, and then the final game of the weekend, Seahawks-Packers. The Seahawks, again, playing the last game of the week. Um, this one I feel like actually could be a very good game. The, the Green mm-hmm. Bay Packers are favored by four points. Um, and I don't really know what to expect from Green Bay because I feel like they've been, you know, is 13-3 and three kind of a fluky record for them? It feels I think, like I, th- it. I know you feel like it is. <laughs> You don't think they're a very good team. Well, I think they're a good team, but I don't think they're... The Ravens and 49ers are are an elite team. And I think yeah. Chiefs are in there, too, that they could be an elite team at times. The Packers haven't been elite where they haven't blown the doors off me, destroyed teams. It feels like all their games, they win by three. They, I mean, they're winning. Don't get me wrong. That's always mm-hmm. good. And same with the Seahawks. I mean, they're 11-5, and five, but they weren't really dominating all that yeah, the Seahawks were playing a lot of close games this mm-hmm. year. Um, who do you have at this game? I don't want to pick the number one and number two seeds all the way through, so I'm going to go Seattle Sea Chickens. I have no shame picking the one and two seeds all the <laughs> way through, so I'm going Packers, mainly because I don't want to see the Seahawks win because I don't like the Seahawks, and I'm tired of seeing the Seahawks. Bye-bye, Seahawks. Oh, I'm fine with the Seahawks losing, too. Don't get me wrong. This is... This is me trying to make it a little bit more interesting with picks. I understand. I understand. Um, so you went, uh, what, two out of four last week? I went two out of four. And I went one out of four. And I'm going so. four out of four this week. Okay. Well, we're going to try to keep to keep track, and maybe we'll put a beer on that as well. Um, uh, both all, you know, all of our Super Bowl picks are still in it. Mm-hmm. So, yay for that. Um, <laughs> yeah, now, I almost uh, did, went crazy and picked the Saints just because I figured if they lost, I would still win. But I didn't. I went well, with the 49ers. You know, so. It's a good thing that you didn't do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, well, let's mention real quick the other head coaching um, changes that were made over the week. Um, Jason Garrett was fired, officially, finally. Yeah. That, that, was, that was the weirdest situation ever. It really was. It really was. And uh, almost immediately when he was officially fired, Mike McCarthy named head coach, uh, someone that we thought, you know, there was definitely a chance the Panthers were going to hire. Glad they didn't. Glad they went a different direction. But Mike McCarthy, now the coach of the Cowboys, and I kind of like it for the Cowboys. Yeah, I do too. I think Jason Garrett wasn't really good, in in my opinion. He's just not a good coach. 
But I think, I think Mike, Mike McCarthy could do well with that strong of a team. Yeah, I, and I, I, I think Jason Garrett is an okay coach, but I think Mike McCarthy is just a way better version of Jason Garrett. Yeah, you know, and Mike McCarthy has that old school feel to him a little bit. I mean, yeah. I know he's not that old, but an old school feel. But he's got Zeke in there to run that ball and stuff. Mm-hmm. I, he's I, been really successful. I yeah. mean, say what you will, but and he's gonna have the talent in uh, Dallas. So I expect them to do pretty well. So shortly after the Panthers the news came out, the Panthers were hiring Matt Rule. The Giants hired Joe Judge, a wide receiver coach from New England. Because New England's wide receivers were so good this year. <laughs> right. So like we, we kind of mentioned earlier, New York was the far and away favorite to land Matt Rule. And mm-hmm. once they didn't, it feels like they sort of made a knee-jerk reaction and just were like, oh, this is the guy we wanted the whole time. That's exactly. Because yeah, yeah. supposedly before they hired him, they reached out to the Cowboys to interview Jason Garrett because technically he's under mm-hmm. contract till the 14th. So they... Asked to interview Jason Garrett, and then, like, within an hour, they named this new guy head coach. It feels like Dave Gettleman with the Josh Norman situation again, where it's just like a knee-jerk reaction <laughs> instead of, okay, we have the enemy still to interview. We have uh, Greg Roman, you know, stuff like that. No, Josh McDaniels. Josh McDaniels. Just... There are a lot of coaches still out there. Yeah, it's surprising, although I have read a little bit about this guy, and apparently... Um, Belichick thinks very highly of him and has been sort of integrating him into a lot of his game planning and things like that. So I think, uh, you know, he's got the Belichick seal of approval. Of course, we know a lot of Belichick disciples go out there mm-hmm. and just are terrible head coaches. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there. And that was a very surprising hire. Yeah. Um, it yeah. really so, feels like a knee-jerk reaction. Yeah, I mean... So Washington hired Rivera, as we know, and that leaves only one team without a head coach currently, Mm -hmm. Cleveland Browns. And now they have their pick of anybody that's left. And there's some good (laughs) candidates out there. I mean, I don't like Josh McDaniels, but he's a good candidate. You have the enemy, who I really liked. You have Kevin Stefanski from Minnesota. Stefanski, yep. Greg Roman. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, I mean... Lincoln Riley's still out there. I don't know if he's really interested in an NFL you know, head coaching job, but he's actually, out there. I was literally going to mention that. that there's yeah. no Lincoln Riley interviews that ever took place or anything. He must be happy in Oklahoma, which I can't blame him. I would Either that or people saw that uh, playoff game and decided that he wasn't quite uh, ready for prime time. Mm. That could be the case. But, uh, yeah, I mean, do you have a prediction for the Browns? Who do you think they're going to hire? If you just had to guess. No beer bed or anything. Just This is just us guessing. I feel McDaniels. I kind of feel like that's... I, th- I think they want to make a splash. Mm-hmm. And that's a very splashy name. And they seem to be want to put butts in the seats. Yeah. Offensively, runs a thing. And I think it'll be a horrible, horrible hire. <laughs> because I, I'm you not... You say a, that with such glee. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I, I'm not a big fan of McDaniels. I've made my... Th- feelings clear on this show but i think all those egos and then the head coach having such a big ego i think it would just implode again yeah well well i I think we'll get a chance to see because i also think mcdaniels is going to be the guy but uh if not i mean if they do 
make a smart decision and choose, you know, be enemy or, you know, even Greg Roman, somebody like that, just to give a guy a chance that hasn't had a shot yet. Hey, maybe they can hire Perry Fuel. You know, who knows? Yeah. But, Poor uh, Perry F- Fuel was supposed to interview, <laughs> I, I think, tomorrow. I yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't feel bad for him because I don't like Perry Fuel, but uh, he wasn't getting the job. He knew it. I know, I know. We all knew that. But uh, the Browns have a lot of talent, so mm-hmm. whoever is, ends up coaching there, they've got all the shot in the world to have a really good season. Um, all right, I think that's it. Yeah. So we'll be back on you know sometime middle of next week to talk about probably some free agency. I think the we may as well go over the Panthers free agents and what we think they should do, what we think they will do. Um, of course, if there's any breaking news that comes along, we may do it an emergency podcast. But I think at this point, we're probably uh, we're probably safe until the draft in terms of breaking news. <laughs> yeah, I, we'll go over whoever gets hired as coordinators and stuff, yeah. even though it looks like it's pretty set already. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone, uh, we'll be back on Wednesday of next week. And until then, keep pounding.